Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. So it's happened. The worst train strikes for 30 years are underway. It's thought just one in five trains will run on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. And what's been called the biggest outbreak of industrial action on the railways for a generation. Members of the RMT union who are striking have asked for more pay to combat the rise in the cost of living and are also striking against plans to cut thousands of jobs, which they said will make the railways unsafe. Well, Network Rail have, have, have put out a, a consultation to the members saying that they're going to have 2,500 people made redundant. They're the people that maintain our, tr- our tracks, maintain our railways and keep our railways safe. Um, for me, if somebody was going to get rid of 2,500 two people, uh, it's not going to be a safe place to travel. We're going to be going back to the days of rail track where there were massive incidents on the tracks. So we can't allow it. In response, Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has suggested the strikes are a stunt being carried out for effect and told BBC Breakfast that face-to-face discussions between the government and unions don't lead to resolutions. It's just not the way it works. It used to, back in the 1970s, Harold Wilson would invite them into Downing Street for, for beer and sandwiches, but it just it was, wasn't productive then and it wouldn't be now. The unions know this, and last month were saying, the Mick Lynch, their, their leader, was saying he wouldn't be seen dead, as he described it, negotiating with the Tory government. So what has driven union members to take such huge strike action? And why haven't conversations so far led to an agreement? On the picket line, the RMT Union Secretary-General Mick Lynch told us what union members are frustrated about. Well, with TfL, we've got major problems. They're saying that they want to cut their pension contributions by a third, which will mean drastic reductions to our members' benefits and a poorer life in retirement. They're also suggesting massive changes in working practices that will make our members' lives unbearable in many cases. So that will go on until we are able to get a settlement. But the key to that is that the government is holding uh, Mayor Khan to ransom. They've cut £2 billion from the funding. And he's in a position now where he's going to have to cut back on the bus network, cut many routes. And he's also talking about cuts to the tube uh, services that will have the effect of cutting one tube line out of the system. It won't be one particular line, but the level of funding cuts will be, have the effect of one tube line closing. That is intolerable for Londoners, and it's purely at the behest of Grant Shapps and Rishi Sunak. And it's thought the strikes are affecting millions of people across the country trying to get into work or school. 
And Mick told us they don't want to be causing this disruption. Well, we're really sorry for that. We don't want to cause uh, these problems, but we feel we've got no choice. We've been pushed into a corner and we feel this is a defensive strike. They've got their tanks on our lawn in this situation. Last night we got uh, a compulsory redundancy notice instead of a pay offer from Network Rail. And everywhere we go, we've got massive attacks. The railway pension scheme is being attacked. The London Underground pension scheme is being attacked. We were told last week that all new entrants to the railway will actually be on lower salaries and longer working hours. So they're escalating this dispute every time we sit down and talk to them. They've got to back off from that position and then we've got to work out how we settle the dispute. But what impact is this strike action having on people and how will such a drop in train journeys affect our economy? Joining me now is the Evening Standards business editor, Jonathan Prynne. So Jonathan, obviously the most disruptive strike action we've seen for a long time. What impact is this going to have on commuters? The vast majority of commuters, particularly outside London, simply can't come in. You know, hundreds of thousands of people use train services to get to their workplace every day. The vast majority of them just won't bother. It's not quite the total wipeout that it used to be, you know, when we last had a national rail strike on this scale in 1989. Obviously, you didn't have remote working then. We've learned all about remote working and how to deal with it and cope with it during the pandemic. So it's not quite such a disaster because people can work from home so much more easily. But in essence, anyone who's got a long rail journey probably won't come in. Most people who depend on the tube probably won't come in. Crossrail is, it seems to be operating, or it was this morning. Some people are using that. The buses are absolutely rammed. Cycling and walking is by far the best option. And you mentioned, of course, it's the tube as well as the trains suffering from this strike action, which means London is particularly badly hit, isn't it? London, once again, is particularly badly hit. I mean, far more people travel by public transport in and out of London for their commute than any other city by a huge factor. So, yeah, London has taken the biggest hit once again, having been the hardest hit during the pandemic. And, uh, yeah, it just seems to never, never get a break at the moment. And I understand London's economy is taking quite a hit as well. What figures do you have to sort of show what impact it's having? Yeah, well, and we're hearing anecdotally from restaurateurs and other operators in, in the hospitality sector. Typically, bookings are down 25 to 50%. Today, actually, is the worst day. Most places are seeing 50% fall in bookings. And of course, their walk-in trade will be very, very limited as well. So I think we're looking across this week at absolutely huge losses of revenue. If you take D&D London, which is one of the bigger restaurant operators or dining fine dining operators in the capital they told me they expect to be down a million pounds of revenue alone just you know one business for this week so you replicate that across the whole of the hospitality sector and you're you're talking about very very substantial numbers at a time of course when people are still trying to catch up from the trade that they lost during two years of pandemic and to put that in sort of macro terms the forecast that we've had from Pamia Gordon, who a very respected firm of city brokers, is that London's economic output will be down about 120 million this week. Let's take a break now. Stay there, though. In part two, we'll be asking whether London can take much more strike action going forward. You know, I think it's like someone who's been ill and then gets another infection. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Now, Jonathan, obviously £120 million is such a big amount of money for any city to lose. It goes to show just how significant travel around and to the city is for the capital, doesn't it? It is. I mean, the central London economy, we now understand much better, is completely set up to serve huge flows of people flooding in and out of central London every day for their daily commute, but also huge flows of foreign and also domestic tourists who to be honest haven't the, the, particularly the foreign tourists haven't really come back fully yet in the numbers that there were before but of course seeing London crippled by strikes doesn't exactly encourage the return of mass tourism to London and is a very very bad advert for for the capital abroad. And the Prime Minister warned today we could see more strikes in future. Can London cope with much more strike action if it is taking you know a multi-million pound hit each time? Well, London is famously resilient. It's come through many a crisis, many a setback, several wars, recessions and strikes and bomb attacks and goodness knows what. It is a remarkably energetic and resilient conurbation. That said, I think what what would slightly worry me is that the the setbacks are just relentless at the moment. They're coming in waves. So ever since Brexit, really, which we're now sort of almost six years on from, there's been just an absolute succession of events that have made life harder for businesses in London in particular, not least two years of either full lockdown or very restricted trading, the loss of commuters, which hasn't come back fully, this incredible labour shortage, hugely exacerbated by Brexit. None of it's making life easy. And of course, there are also all sorts of fiscal measures that are making it hard as well national insurance and various taxes, business rates, of course, rents, unpaid rents are sort of being collected now that a lot of businesses can't afford to pay. So, yeah, I think that the worry for me is that the London economy, certainly in some sectors, hospitality and retail and so on, tourism, is already weakened even before these latest strikes began and with more strikes to follow so you know i think it's like someone who's sort of been ill and then gets another infection it it, that's that's what your worry is and you said you know there are so many factors hammering the economy at the moment but you do hear economists say if people have more money to spend on things like eating out and buying things it helps the economy so in theory a pay rise for workers generally but also rmt union members would actually be beneficial yeah, I mean, of course, if people got more money in their pocket, 
they uh, they're more likely to, to spend it. But you know, inflation we're going to find tomorrow is running at more than nine percent. So most people uh, at the moment. Uh, even with substantial pay increases, are getting worse off. Their pay is not keeping up with prices, so they have less to spend. And also, I think people are starting to get very a bit more nervous about the economic outlook, so maybe becoming more reluctant to spend when they see how much the economy is slowing down and prices are, are going up. It's just a sort of general sucking out of confidence out of the economy. But also, there are fears that if you do pay people very substantial wage increases, and that further stokes inflation and just adds fuel to the to, to the inflationary fire. And so what are the signs at the moment going forward? Do you think there will be more strikes or is a resolution on the cards, either from the government or Network Rail? Well, I think the government will be very reluctant to get involved and they've indicated that today. Network Rail have got a position, the union have got a position, they're a long way apart at the moment. Of course, ultimately, there is always some negotiated deal. I suspect this one may go on a fair way because there's such a lot at stake on both sides. So I I would fully expect another round of strikes a bit later down the track, as it were, in the the summer. But uh, hopefully by the autumn, they can sort themselves out. That's all from The Leader. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.